Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome for the 200th time to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Mike Spring. How about that? Pretty impressive, isn't it? 200, 200 episodes. Wow. Weekly, I'll point out. And we're still standing. We are still standing. And it's in that amazing. time, what have we accomplished? Well, we've won two Addy Awards and... Uh, That's about it. Not a whole lot else. We haven't really accomplished anything <laughs> other than that. But. Except we have fun each week, you That's gotta right. admit. That's right. And hopefully we are entertaining and educating people who are listening as well. Absolutely. And, um, and we say absolutely at least once per episode. That's right. Okay. It's kind of like a Mike's, fun game to listen. That's Mike's word. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I get to use it first, then he can't use it. That's no. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's great. These are the behind the scenes secrets that you don't know about that have been going on for a long time. Now, if you were here for our 100th episode, you know we made that kind of special by looking back to the first 100 episodes. Well, guess what? We're going to do the same thing this time, but we've got another 100 episodes that we can have some fun with. And uh, Mike, you've really, I, I've seen you slaving away at the desk and I've heard my voice more than I've wanted to coming from your computer in the last week. But you found some good cuts. I did. I got I got a lot of really great uh, clips from the past hundred episodes, and and as, as much fun as it was to listen to us for days on end, Warren, uh, I would appreciate it if after we're done recording, you don't talk to me for the rest of the week. That's fine. Because I'm kind of tired of hearing our voices. <laughs> I don't so. blame you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have some really great interviews, and and I think it's great if people, you know, if you've been listening the whole time, this will kind of refresh your memory on some really great insights that people have shared. And if you're a newer listener, this will kind of be like a, a little highlight reel, a little greatest hits, oh, if you will. They, they do that on TV all the time, you know? <laughs> that's right. If that's you missed right. the you know the first season of Revenge, we're going to do the whole thing there in one go. hour this evening. Previously know. on Voice Coaches Radio. <laughs> there you go. And so let's start with a, a voice that's very familiar to a lot of folks. He comes by often. His name is John Galogli, and we uh, had a, an opportunity to ask him about the learning process, and he claims that we never stop learning as voice actors. One of the guys in my class said to me, oh yeah, I'm in the voiceover industry. I, I do some voiceovers. Well, it turns out by the end of the class, he tells me that he is one of the voices. And when I say that, he does a lot of the voices for Fox Kids, a lot of the animated voices. Wow. Yeah. It, it was really neat because I said to him, because of course at that point I'm perplexed as why he would even come to a voiceover class because mm. he's obviously very successful doing it. And he said, because he's so caught up in kind of his small world of doing voiceovers, you know, he says, I go into Fox every day and I record my voiceovers and I go home pretty much. And he said, I just wanted to see what was going out, going on out in the world now in the voiceover field. So uh, he came to the class and it was really interesting because it kind of reminded me of something, which is I think continued education as a voice actor is really important no matter what level you are. And, and he kind of, mm. it was really neat to hear someone at that level say that, you know? Next up, we have a clip from Rob Carson. Rob's a former voice coach's student. He's gone on to work in a good deal of professional voiceover work, and he talks about how he got his first job and how that led to getting more jobs. I had actually attended uh, some Chamber of Commerce meetings and also an organization called BNI. I got an invite to go to, um, you know, to attend one of their meetings, and I met a gentleman there who runs a production company called Smitten Productions. And I gave him a demo, told him what I did, gave him a business card, and didn't hear from him for several months. And then out of the blue, he, he called me and said, hey, you know, I like what you did there, and it's just been a while since I've had something available, but uh, you want to give it a try. And that was actually the, uh, the first one I did for him. And I've since worked on uh, two or three other projects uh, for him, and that sort of is how you perpetuate it is, you know, work well with others. 
Here comes another familiar voice. Uh, Kate Peterson worked with us for a while here as the director of our uh, art department. She's very talented, and we wanted to talk to her one time about uh, your your voiceover site and and tips on how to how to make it look good and and be very functional. You don't need to give them a whole history about yourself. You don't even really need to talk about what you've done in your other professional life unless that's relevant to voice acting. Another pitfall that you should avoid is putting in too much personal information. You you want to keep it friendly and you want to be personable, but you don't want to put in pictures of you and your dog or pictures of you and your spouse at a party, things like that. You want to stay professional and keep it relevant while still giving a little a little glimpse of who you are. And next up, we have the first of our celebrity interviews for the day. And uh, we spoke with Victor Garber, who most of you will recognize from television shows like Alias or movies like Titanic. And uh, he talked about what's the best thing about doing voiceover. It's, it's really, you know, it's so pleasurable because, you know, it's, it's just you, you in a room with a microphone generally. And, and, uh, and, and you can, you know, and you can kind of create this illusion. And, and it doesn't really matter what you look like. And then... You know, for, for uh, that's kind of a, a gift for an actor, really. You know, you don't have to go through uh, hair and makeup and wardrobe and all of that. You just show up and, and uh, do it. Here comes another familiar voice that uh, you may recognize, especially if you've taken training here at Voice Coaches. Bonnie Drown, a great actress, voice actress, singer, dancer. I mean, she does it all, including having a couple of kids, which is why she doesn't work for us here any longer at Voice Coaches. But she talks about, and she's good at this, having fun. Oh, I think you have to have a good time. Why else are you doing it if you're not having a good time? We are here to have fun and to do something that not only do we enjoy, but maybe we can make an impact with in some sort of way. When you go into that booth, part of just getting comfortable is smiling, laughing, being yourself. That's what we want. As a producer, I can tell you the best read that a voice actor will give me is when they are comfortable in the booth. And as a voice actor, I can tell you that I want to have a good time. I want to be able to laugh. And remember, when you're in the booth, we encourage you to move around the way that you normally do when you talk. If you talk with your hands like I do, your hands can be moving all over the place. Just try not to hit the microphone. I've done that before. It's not a good idea. Next up is Chris Sharling. Chris is also on our staff here, and he's had a lot of experience over the years in video game production, and he talks here specifically about getting into video game voiceover. Look around you, you know, look at colleges that have game development courses. You're, you're going to see studios develop around, you know, two or three groups of friends. And, and these guys, they're fresh out of college or they're, or they're in college. They haven't spent time in the game industry and had that template handed down of, of you can't do this or you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And being independent, they don't have the restriction of having to only use union voice talent. They can use whoever they want. But in a lot of cases, they don't really know where to look for voice talent. Mm. So it's a great, great time for voice actors to be to be partnering up with these people. I mean, you look at somebody like uh, um, Logan Cunningham. You know, this guy went from kind of not having any degree of fame or notoriety, um, but his roommate was Darren Korb, the audio director at Supergiant Games, and they put together the the voiceover work for this little game called Bastion, uh, which wound up on you know so many end of year best game lists and. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody and their brother are talking about how important video game audio is, how important voiceover is, how good the voice work in that game was. 
Next up, we have the lovely Ashley Eckstein, who is best known for playing the Jedi or Padawan or something like that, uh, Ahsoka Tan on Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is mm. a very popular animated series. Yeah. And um, now she got her start in, in voice acting actually through some on-camera acting that she had been doing. And so here she talks about the, the challenges in uh, transitioning from on-camera acting to voiceover acting. It was difficult at first, um, not so much for the actual line readings, because that can be pretty similar. You have to use a bit more of your imagination uh, than on camera, because on camera you're actually acting it out. Voiceover, you truly have to use your imagination. But what was difficult for me is, because we have a lot of battle scenes and action sequences, and you don't think about it, but in voiceover, you can't act that out at all. You have to stand still behind a microphone. and. Think about, okay, how will it sound if I fall 30 feet, hit the ground, roll three times, and then hit the wall? <laughs> you know, you don't think about that all the time. And we have to do stuff like that all the time. We had a record the uh, a couple months ago, and our director, Dave Filoni, said, okay, Ashley, a giant bird picks you up, flies you across the room, drops you, and then you roll a couple times. Go. You know, how does that sound? And so that was difficult for a while for me to figure out, you know, in my head what that sounds like. And over the past couple of years, we've interviewed John Galoglia a few times because he really has some great insights on voice acting. So here he is discussing developing client relationships. This isn't really debatable in the industry. It's really how we work. I mean, as a producer, for example, I hire the same people over and over again. Um, now, I can't always do that, and that's when I look to someone new. And when I look to someone new, believe me, I want nothing more than that person to be fantastic, show up on time, be professional, and that's how you develop a clientele. And the next thing you know, I'm using that person all the time. And that's what's happened to me throughout the years. I have a lot of clients that depend on me, and they don't really look to other voice actors unless I'm not available, um, which I always try to be. Chris Ballerini is a former student of ours here we're very excited about because she's had some, some regular work of late, we're happy to say. And she talks to us here about staying motivated during dry spells. I believe that that is one of the hardest parts of this job, is staying motivated and keeping on track. Some of the things I do is I'll look and Google some new avenues mm -hmm. to try to um, allow myself a new opportunity like, oh, let me think outside the box. Because right. once you start hitting ad company after ad company, video house after video house, and you know that you've kind of saturated that, then it's time to start thinking, okay, wait a minute, let me go down the street and see if the local ice cream shop would be interested. So that's what I'll try to do is kind of challenge myself to think outside the box because it is difficult to keep focused on what's the next step. And it is a business of hope. It's hoping for the next job. I've definitely learned that, but I've been doing it for three years, so the hope is alive and well. <laughs> and this next voice might sound a little familiar to you. His name is Kevin Conroy, and he was the voice of Batman on Batman the Animated Series and many other Batman animated projects. And here he talks about joking around in the vocal booth and what kind of effect it has on him and his fellow actors. I do it all the time, and it doesn't get me in trouble with Andrea because she knows why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to keep everybody loose and to keep everyone playing. 
because as long as we're playing, good ideas will come up. And she knows exactly what it is. She saw me doing it early on. She said, I, I, I know what you're doing with the other actors, and I appreciate it. You know, it's keeping everybody loose. I said, well, I'm glad you don't get mad at me because, you know, it's a, it's a little bad boy, you know? Sure. But it's for a reason. Well, I'll see you, Batman, and raise you one Luke Skywalker. How's oh, there that? you go. And he's also played the Joker. So this is a little tie-in with Kevin Conroy just now. Uh, we're talking Mark Hamill, of course, and he talks to us about warming up his voice to play the Joker. Well, you know what? It's like warming up your car. You have the time to warm up if you don't want to strip your gear. Right, I've right. I've been talking enough uh, this morning, so I could probably do a... <laughs> but really, you need to warm up like you're doing a... Like when I did a musical, I had to warm up for 45 minutes before I could sing, otherwise you'd wreck your voice. Right. And I did that with the Joker. I'm always on the way to work, warm up in the car. And while we're on the uh, animation front here, I'd like to bring back uh, Kate Peterson. And, uh, you know, in addition to being our former art director, Kate is also a, a great voice talent. Oh, and yeah. she had done some guest starring work on Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is a huge international sensation. And so here she talks a little bit about the process of recording voiceovers for animation. I think the way Pokemon usually does it is they record all of the characters individually. But while I was recording, I had the pleasure of listening to the vocal tracks for the other characters because they had actually laid some of those down. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful. But it was also a little bit confusing at times because I wouldn't, I would want to respond to the characters, but I would actually have to respond to when they beat me in. So I would be prepared to say my line and I'd be following um, a script that has all of the like seconds and minutes um, timed so I know where I am in the episode and I'm watching it on the screen in the booth and in my headphones I hear a beep, beep, beep. And then on the imaginary fourth beep is when I'm supposed to start talking. So that took a little bit of getting used to, especially when there was a lot of other noises and people talking in the episode. And so I'm listening to that and then I'm like, oh, I need to jump on my line right now. Obviously, we have some favorites here. We've heard from a couple of folks twice, and we're going to do it again. Ashley Eckstein, who Mike just talked about a few uh, clips back, talks here about how to create characters. Practice, 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 and that's with everything, but when I say practice, listen. Just walk through the halls, go to a convention like this, listen to different people talk, and try to sound exactly like them. Try to mimic them, but not just a catchphrase. Try to carry on an entire conversation um, as that character or as that different voice. And again, voiceover, I say, is like um, a boot camp for your imagination. You may remember Sheila Caldwell, who started out as a radio DJ and decided if she was going to be serious about voice acting, she might better get some training. And so she came to us and went on to win a couple of statewide awards down in her, I believe she's from South North Carolina, one of those places, South Carolina. Yeah. So here she talks to us about taking direction. You've got to stretch yourself a little bit more and um, doing 30 seconds ad for radio is is not that difficult because when you've done it for so many years you're just kind of it's like riding a bicycle you you know exactly where everything goes but when you start getting into more of the long form work you realize that you need a little bit more polish and and extra direction because what i hear in my head may not be what a director or producer is hearing in their head Mm -hmm. so learning to take that extra direction and taking that experience being an actress 
into a voiceover booth. And I think it really enhances because now, even when I go in to record something 30 seconds, say, for a television ad, I'm hearing those sessions that I've had in voice acting, and it, and it really makes you stop and think more about what you're doing before you just open the mic and do it because it's just second nature to you. All right, my turn to introduce John Galogli again. All right. <laughs> and again, as you can tell, we do love having John on the show because of his vast experience and his travels and the people he gets to meet. Here he talks about a little bit of, uh, well, how to stay motivated. They say that, you know, well, it's been, you know, three or four months and I haven't heard anything from anyone and, you know, I haven't had time to practice. And first of all, I don't buy all that. I mean, you know, how many times do we check our email a day and what kind of TV shows do we watch? You know, same people who tell me they don't have time to practice will watch like four hours of American Idol, <laughs> right. which, you know, nothing wrong with American Idol. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you have that kind of time, you could probably spend a little time practicing. And, right. Even on a commercial break, you could read out loud, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, we're, and you know, we're creative people. I mean, people who get into this industry, we get into it because we like it Mm -hmm. right because we love it so why not do something fun with your voice and even if you're not getting paid i mean listen if if i didn't get paid to do this which fortunately i do if i didn't i would still do it and next up we have jason knoxon oh i like him yes yes jason we like to call him our favorite palindrome because his (laughs) last name is a palindrome Uh. and uh so anyway jason you might recognize he's a producer here at voice coaches so you might have worked with him or met him and uh here he talks about a sort of unusual voiceover experience that he had i did uh what's called dubbing for a turkish television show So they take a television show from Turkey and replace all the voices with English. And uh, I played a couple really neat characters. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was kind of a strange experience. I I did some things that were, that were difficult. The hardest part I found about doing that kind of work was when they ask you to react to something. Mm -hmm. So they say, okay, well, your character's dragging this person into a jail cell. So you have to sound as if you're dragging somebody into right. the, into the jail cell like and you feel like an idiot because you're just sitting there <laughs> by yourself in a vocal booth making crazy noises but in the end when you look at it it looks perfectly natural this next voice you might uh, immediately put a face to because this is how good he is he's an actor and a voice actor robert patrick you know him as the t-1000 in terminator 2 and here he talks to us about um, using voiceover as his opportunity to kind of break out of his usual roles that's where i really can kind of you know let the, the crazy part of me out mm-hmm. kind of be goofy and be silly and do stupid stuff and nobody sees it but they hear it <laughs> right so um i really enjoy it as a matter of fact as soon as we get done here today i'm going off to uh lay down some auditions for three different things. But anyway, to the point, that's where I get to do a lot more crazy, kind of fun characters. But even within that world, there's specific things that I get brought in on. Right. And even within that world, I have to, you know, kind of reveal that I can do other things. But, you know, to be honest with you, uh, all in all, I am very, very happy that I've been, you know, given these opportunities. Well, for our 200th episode, one Galogli wasn't enough, so <laughs> we brought in Joe Galogli. Uh, I, I was going to say no relation, but I think it's pretty clear I, I, that they're related. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, how many Galoglis do you really <laughs> right, know? Exactly. Uh, Joe is also one of our producers. He teaches out on the road a lot, introducing people to voiceovers. And here he just has some advice that he shares with people who might be thinking about taking that first step into voice acting. 
I think that anyone can do this. Anyone can do anything they put their mind to. Nothing's impossible. You really have to believe that these days. I think a lot of people have lost that dream. I think if you keep it and keep positive and keep taking steps, you'll eventually reach your goal. So in this next piece, we have two comic book creators named Skip Brittenham and Brian Haberlin, and they created this gigantic, like, 300-page graphic novel mm. that they then made a motion comic out of. And here, they talk about the really intense process of casting these major roles from a huge pool of talent. Well, basically, we got a casting agent that gave us a gazillion voices. Yeah. It's 16 actors doing 90 speaking parts, okay? And she came to us with 500 actors who have tried out for the roles. Not just, oh, here's their sample reels. Here are them doing lines of the characters they want to play. 500 of them. And I asked, wow, you know, could you weed this down anymore? And she goes, I did. It was 1,000. <laughs> so we had 1,000 actors trying out for all these parts. And it took me literally days to go through the 500 to go, okay, that's my A choice, that's my B choice. Wait a second, now that guy's my A choice, that guy's my B choice. And we were really lucky. I mean, and to just the energy of the actors, they were all really excited about the project. We love talking with our students, the ones that have gone on to get some voice acting work, and some of the ones that haven't, now that I think about it, and, and what they're doing to market themselves, and that's really what our podcast is all about. Now, so here's a success story. This is Monice Robinson, and she has had some great audiobook experience, especially with that online service called ACX. Here she talks about that. An audiobook is very labor-intensive, mm -hmm. so it can be very time-consuming as opposed to some of the other voiceover genres. Right. But uh, I love ACX because you know what you get. You also get to talk directly with the author and interact directly with the author. For my ACX books, the authors contacted me because mm -hmm. I had my demo on the site. Right. I didn't have to audition for these particular books. Jason Noxon is back with some advice for beginners. The one piece of advice that I would give somebody that's that's still trying to get their first job is to just not give up. Be persistent and keep sending your demos out and just focus on being successful. Keep doing what you're doing, being persistent, because once you get that first job, then it tends to snowball from there and you just have to stay in it long enough to get that first job. John Gologli gets approached all the time about, well, why can't I just um, you know, make a, a demo with you guys? Why can't I just come into the studio and make a demo? And he's got some, some real insight here as to why you need that training prior to the demo process. What I tell people is, uh, sure, you have to have a demo. It's important. It's your audio resume here. But in reality, to me... The demo's the end game. I feel it's almost like saying you want to be a mechanic and then going, I'm going to go buy some tools and I'm going to tell people I'm a mechanic after that. Mm. Uh, it's more about learning how to be a voice actor first. And this is what I tell people and learn the skills, become a voice actor, then worry about your demo. Yeah. Because, yeah, because let's face it, your demo is only supposed to represent what you do best and what you do very well. And most likely as a beginner, you don't even know that yet. And finally, once again, we have Kevin Conroy. That's the voice of Batman. And uh, here he shares a really fun and kind of heartwarming story about what is the best part of playing Batman. I, I used to do uh, a lot of uh, work with foster kids in L.A. I lived in L.A. for 15 years. And they found out that I was Batman. And they begged me, begged me, begged me, begged me for Halloween to wear my working clothes. And I said, 
And the voice. These little kids, they didn't get it. Come on, bring the cake, bring the cake. So I went to a Halloween store, a costume store in Hollywood, and I bought a Batman outfit. And I'm driving to this facility on the 10 freeway outside of LA at like Halloween after. <laughs> And there are these truckers going by. And I've got the cave and the cow because I didn't want to show up and have to get into the costume. I wanted to arrive. And they're going by going, hey, Batman! <laughs> and I got there. When I got out of the car, these kids charged at me and tackled me. And I just thought, this is the best job in the world. So, what's the best part of playing Batman? It's because of it, what it means to so many people, how much fun it brings people, and being a part of that. So next week, episode 201, we have to come up with something completely new and original again? Yeah, no, I'm quitting. I'm done. You know, 200 <laughs> episodes, it's a good run. Yeah, I go figure, while you're on quit, top. Right? Yeah, quit while you're ahead. We're going to do the Seinfeld and, and leave at the top of our game. So, uh, that sounds Thanks, good. folks. It was nice knowing you, and yeah. uh, maybe we'll see you in the future. Yeah, and Mike will be looking for a new job next <laughs> yeah. week, so if he knocks on your door, you know, yep. be nice to yep. him. Now, we will be back next week with a whole new episode, and we'll try to make it so memorable that we have to use it in our 300th episode. Oh, I like the way you think, Horn. Very nice. <laughs> Well, it's spring, time for a new beginning. That's and it's my a, season. Yeah, that is. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that last name you've got. Yep. Well, it's a perfect time to learn more about getting into the business of voice acting. Voice Coaches offers an adult education class that you'll find fun and enlightening called Getting Paid to Talk. We offer this class year-round through universities, colleges, schools, and recreation programs across North America. Look for this class near you in the coming weeks. That's right. We're calling the week of May 13th our 3M week. We're in three Three states, starting with the letter M. Although, since it's also in May, couldn't it be our 4M week, Warren? Uh, whatever. Uh, there you go. It's a lot of M's. Yeah. Uh, first, we're going to be at more than a dozen locations in Michigan, including Dearborn, West Bloomfield, Grand Rapids, Caledonia, Battle Creek, and Detroit, among others. We're also in Hadley, Sharon, Medfield, Bristol, Franklin, and Boston, Massachusetts. And our third M state is Maine, where we've got classes scheduled in Falmouth, Brunswick, Augusta, and Portland. For more information about when we'll be in a town near you, just call us 866-887-2834. Or you can email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com, which is also the address you can use to send us your comments, your questions, and your topic suggestions for our little weekly show here. Don't forget, you can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Oh, I'd forgotten that. I'm glad you mentioned that. See that? I'm on the ball. <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, if you without your comments and your questions, uh, we wouldn't be able to make it 200 episodes. So, so thank true. you for all your guys' contributions over the past few years. Yeah. Absolutely. We do appreciate it. And we'll catch you again next week. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. Hello and welcome for the 200th time to Voice Coaches Radio. <laughs> really? That's it? You're not even going to say, I'm Warren Garling? Uh, oh, yeah, I suppose I'm supposed to. Am I supposed to? See, I change one thing. And I, I know, right? what I do. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again. See, now I can't do now it. Now you can't do it. <laughs> Hello and welcome for the 200th time to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. Now, if you could just say 200th correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and in that time, what have we accomplished? Not much. We've. I was, uh, <laughs> you took my joke. I was just going to say that. Let's start with a, a voice that's very familiar to a lot of folks. He visits its off. Uh, yeah. He visits it. <laughs> he does what now? <laughs> he comes by often. <laughs> so here he is again, and he's discussing 
He discusses. Yeah, yeah. Not he's not discussing good grammar. I can tell you that. <laughs> Look for this class near you in the coming weeks. <laughs> and you go right into mine. How do I forget that? I've said it every week for 200 episodes, and then a Dearborn. There it goes. The once my a week. weekly smack in the pop screen. <sighs> or you know, it's because the the voice, the power of my voice, just knocks the pop screen back up against the microphone. That so. or your breath. I'm not sure which. <laughs> wow. Someone's feeling a little surly this morning. Put on bump. You're like, no, no, I'm not feeling surly. I just don't like you. <laughs> 200 episodes in, and I am pretty sick of you. <laughs> All right. That's, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy for me to repeat myself. Right. Don't I know it? <laughs> um, <right>. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I'd like to sing a little song of thanks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We couldn't have done it without you, but we probably would try. I think I had a career as a lounge singer somewhere in my past. Yeah. Or in my future, maybe. <laughs> Although, judging by what I just sang, probably not, huh? <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>